this sounds like just the perfect relationship. What is it? Why do you guys work so well together when you're renovating and designing? And... Whoa. I'm not sure what this is going to be. Yeah, I'm going I'm to pull out some popcorn and listen to this. Welcome to the Art of Custom from Hibbs Homes. Sponsored by Pella Window and Doors and Ferguson Bath Kitchen and Lighting Gallery. On this episode, Corey and Amy Hanna join us to talk about entertaining spaces. They tell us about their business and the interesting things they've done to their rental properties, as well as their own home. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to The Art of Custom. We're halfway through our season. Can't believe it's moving along so quickly. We've been really breaking down each room of the house, from materials to design to even furnishings. We've been talking about components of each room that make the house really feel like a home. And today, Melody, we're going to be talking about entertaining spaces, but we have a little bit of a twist to the show. So we have a really awesome couple coming on to talk to us about creating spaces that are appropriate for large family gatherings. And um, they have some really interesting experience with it, not only creating spaces specifically for that purpose, but also going in and helping people retrofit their spaces for more entertaining purposes. So their names are Amy and Corey Hanna, and you were able to find them just by doing some research and, and as we always look for the appropriate type of guests, guests with great experience that can share information with our listeners. Corey and Amy, it's great to have you guys on. You guys have a really cool story that's similar to Kim and Jan. And so tell me how you guys got started in the home industry. Honestly, I kind of drug Corey into it. We were living in South City. And there was a house across the street from us that was these sweet people lived in it. They're sweet, older, and their house was going into a short sale. And we didn't even know what a short sale was. And their house, you know, had a for sale sign in it. And we kept talking about, I wonder what that house looks like. I wonder if it's cool on the inside. I wonder what that means. So we called the number on the sign and said, hey, we want to walk over and look at the house. And we did. And we bought it. There was definitely more pulling than that. We were, I mean, we were like, we could probably fix this up, but... I'm kind of the idea person, and Amy's and, the like, well, I made an offer on it, so, yeah, so now we've got to figure here it we out. Are. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd never done it before? Oh, no, we'd never done it before. My dad had rentals growing up, but we had never done anything like this did, before. Did you know how to, to you know, look at comps as far as what it might sell comps? for? what is the a kind, comp? The, the kind of money you might have to put into <laughs> it. What are you talking about? No, <laughs> I bet we lost our butts on that first house, to be honest, and yeah. I have no if idea. If we tried to pay ourselves, actually. But like we, but we didn't. We just worked over there every. Okay, night Corey. The idea is to pay yourself I if know, you can. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. No. Oh yeah. my gosh! I remember that first one. We didn't even rent a dumpster. Like we were so cheap. We thought dumpsters were so expensive. We will just fill up the city dumpster with all of this plaster. Every day. All of every these time bad it gets things. emptied, I'd fill it back up. Oh, so. And good. you didn't get in trouble for that? <laughs> no. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, you can. But I've never gotten trouble. We got that. some stink eyes from some neighbors, but we had no idea. <laughs> so, and you guys flip spaces for like Airbnbs and things like that, right? I mean, spaces is really nice of you to say, <laughs> but yes, we have <laughs> renovated a shell into a nice Airbnb. Yes. And do you guys still own that or did you sell it? Yeah. Oh, we own it. We did it with a historic tax credit. What made you guys decide that that's what you were going to do with that space? Did it just call to you that this is supposed to be an entertaining space or a family space? I was buying houses for a uh, bigger investment company at the time. 
and it had come through and like it didn't work for them and whatever. And it was brick walls. There was no stairs. You, we'd never been to the second floor of it. There was no windows. There was no anything. You had like a 10 foot by 10 foot square that felt kind of safe to stand in. <laughs> but for some reason, I just really, really wanted it. It was kind of went backwards where it was like, all right, if we were to do this, like we figured out roughly what it was going to cost. It was kind of like, what can we do with it to make that work? I had a little bit of experience with tax credits through that company. And then we kind of had stumbled into Airbnbs and the possibility of that making more than regular rent. And it's kind of definitely in an up and coming area, especially at the time. It's definitely progressed a little bit since then. But the Airbnb money was definitely a lot better than what the regular rent would be in the, in the location. So it kind of all fell together to work out pretty well. And if you look at the space, it is just a gigantic room. So it was really easy to create that Airbnb feeling of, you know, someone can be in the kitchen, someone can be watching TV. You can just have that that really nice homey feel. So it was really easy to take the space and make it that because it was literally nothing. So and that's kind of why I wanted to have you guys on today is when you're creating an Airbnb space or a VRBO space, the idea is genuinely just to have people gather there, right? The bedrooms, they're kind of secondary. And Mm -hmm. so you focus a lot on those spaces. And today we're talking about entertaining spaces and Mm -hmm. really what that means. I know you guys have some experience doing renovations to create some of these more open entertaining spaces as well. And so what was it that you did with that Airbnb that was different than, say, when you approached the great room of the first house that you Maybe not the first. The, a great room of a home mm-hmm. that you would. Yeah, so there's a couple different things that we did. That room has smaller bedrooms. So it has more like 11 by 11, 12 by 12 bedrooms that, you know, we don't see that small here in St. Louis that often. And then it doesn't have a lot of storage. Like they all have walk-in closets, but they're very, very small. And so a lot of the, like the pizzazz is in those big rooms. So the main floor is one big room. We always make sure to have a half bath off the entertaining spaces to make it so you don't have to go upstairs. And, you know, keeping with like the island, you know, several people can sit in the kitchen. And then, you know, four feet from that is your dining table. And then, you know, five or six feet from that, there's a huge couch and a big seating area. So we had my, I don't know, 30th birthday party there or something. And it was just huge. Several different groups of people can be in there. And so, yes, with the renovation, we made it an entertaining space. Also with the the furnishings and that kind of stuff made it very entertaining. Well, I think our mindset a little bit with the Airbnb thing, too, is for the investment purposes, is we didn't want to go too far away from a functional real house so it could be sold at some point as just a normal house and not anything too crazy. It used to be the dining rooms were mm-hmm. where everybody gathered, but with the new homes we're designing today, I can't tell you the last time that we designed a formal dining room. What are you guys seeing? I'm a realtor here mm-hmm. in St. Louis, and so I'm helping a lot of people. I gravitate towards people that are my age, you know, mid-30s, and the formal dining room I think is being forgotten. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not the sexy space anymore. Um, people are wanting those big islands for people to gather around. They're wanting that more open floor plan to flow the people into the dining space or into a den or a living room. Do you and think that trend will reverse? 
I kind of think that kitchens are going to get bigger, but I do think that we're all going to keep the formal dining space. I think there's something in our generation that wants to be a little bit formal like our parents, maybe a little, I don't know, maybe a little. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I mean, I was thinking of like what we just did at at a friend's house. So they had a typical subdivision layout of right when you come in, there's a staircase going up and a living room to the left and a formal dining room to the right. There's actually connected to their kitchen through there too, but they are mid thirties, never use it as a dining room and they entertain a lot. They're in the real estate uh, industry too. And they were like, we want to make this into like a bar basically. Like we want to have a, like a big backdrop of cabinets with glass and shelves and a TV and then like an Island to get as many people as we can sitting in here. And it just, and like beverage fridges underneath and things like that. And like, we just want this to be like, a hangout thing. We don't use it as a dining room, but like we would use it to watch games and watch things idea. like that. It is. And uh, it turned out really cool. I mean, there's, it, it's got this great island with like seating on three sides of it and big backdrop. And they got like, we end up like LED cabinet lights and TV, you know, the glows from behind the TV and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. So is that family friendly though? I have to think, of, you know, it's like when I yeah, have I mean, teenagers at home. <laughs> that is very true. I mean, that's, and they have, they have a young kid, but yeah, maybe, maybe when he gets older that it may not be as as perfect I don't know but I mean I think it's it's still again kind of like the Airbnb thing I think we kept it it's not far off from their kitchen it's kind of you know it's not a completely it wouldn't have to be just like a bar bar Mm -hmm. you know like I mean it's kind of a seating area I guess if you hid the right stuff away it wouldn't be that (laughs) that bad well and there's also um game rooms are kind of popular right now as well right Mm -hmm. I'm beginning to do some cool stuff out like St. Charles and Direction because they've got a lot of like new poured nine foot tall basements and like a lot of people doing with the last year of COVID and staying home and stuff I've been working with the contractor that works a lot out there and he uh he does a lot of big extravagant basement things where we're turning an empty basement into like a bar and a you know a bedroom a couple bedrooms maybe a bathroom big built-in stuff and a lot of finishing out rooms like that to be entertaining stuff and just really quick i mean you guys might hear there's a couple of of little squeaks (laughs) in the background (laughs) (laughs) we have a very special guest in studio with us today Yes, she is (laughs) and your daughter she has a beautiful name. Sutton Magnolia Sutton is Magnolia. joining us today. She's a month old-ish. Basically. She's very, she's sleepy, but she's just very well behaved. <laughs> I've heard her oh, cooing just a couple she, of times. So. She's literally snoring. You guys don't hear that. <laughs> no, I don't hear that. <laughs> so, it's number one for you. Congratulations. That's pretty exciting. Yes, yeah. thanks. When we were first talking about it, um, when we had not started taping, your response was a lot like the response I got when we were talking about the first home that you flipped. You were unsure of the home. You're a little bit unsure of how to be a mother, right? Oh, I mean, does anyone know what the no, heck they're doing? No, you don't. You learn as you go. <laughs> I'm, gosh, I'm surprised Corey and I are upright right now. But um, <laughs> we're figuring it out as we go, just like we have done with our businesses. Well, what's interesting is you, it only took you a couple of years, and then you were able to transition into doing something that that it appears you love mm-hmm. and you're really good at, and you're able to do it full time. Oh yeah, yep, yep. You made the jump to full time pretty pretty quickly. Oh, I think I was just sick of my job. Um, but yes. So I was an accountant. Corey was an engineer. I literally hated my job. So uh, we were, yeah. we'd finished a house and you were kind of like how the whole listing and all that stuff went last time. I think I can do a better job at this. Like, yeah. I think I can. I think I can do this. I think I like this. Maybe not a better job, but like, I think I feel like this is something that I could really do and like, you know, run with. 
So, Kim, when did you and Jan decide? I mean, your, your story just It's a just very similar story. 2001, we had had our two kids. They were both 15 months apart. You know, I guess Alexis was probably two and a half at the time. And Jan didn't want to go back to work full time, so she got her realtor's license, worked for Coldwell Banker Gundakers. We started flipping homes, just like you guys had no clue. Wow. This was in 2002. Uh, we were kind of working up in the North County area. We did a real nice project over in on Juniata, a four-family flat, turned it into a single-family home. Whoa! Um, but we know we jumped in a lot like you guys had no clue what we were doing. And two years later, we we decided that while I enjoyed it, um, it wasn't our thing because we would always do too much. And mm. you would know this, Amy. You're, yeah. It's cost per square foot regardless of what it looks like. Nobody's going to want to pay you more just because you do this, that, or something else. Mm-hmm. So we then quickly transitioned into new construction. We started building new homes in 2004, got into custom homes in 2006. That and is so cool. 15 years later, here we are. I love that. You know, they're so much prettier. <laughs> the beginning is well, so much brave. Yeah, but so I, I will I will say this though, there's something about and we talked about that. You know, you you lived in St. Joe, I lived in St. Joe for a while too. Especially like the South St. Louis area, all over St. Louis. There is some gorgeous architecture that mm-hmm. there is no way you could replicate it today. Oh, and gosh. build these homes. Yeah, the First of all, work. from an aesthetic standpoint, I don't know that you you probably could do it, but the cost would be astronomical. I don't know that you have the skilled labor to do it. Um, so what you guys are doing, I mean, I often think back on the days that we were doing it and think, you know, those are really cool homes and, you know, give them a, a second life and bring them back. And, oh, and so sure. I think it's pretty cool what you guys are doing. A second or a third life. Or a third, exactly. Yes. Those 80s That's true. kitchens. Oh, yeah. gosh. I, think, I mean, we've definitely had a couple of ours have been kind of like the, like the Airbnb. It was more like we kind of fell in love with this crazy old building. Exactly. And we're like, we got to figure out how to make this something. Again. And to me, half the fun of going to a city and visiting it is walking downtown and looking at the old architecture. You cannot see that today. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care what's being built. You are not seeing the same architectural design nor details. And I miss mm-hmm. that. Yeah, no, for sure. We we always think a like a spin on classic. So, mm-hmm. you know, opening up some stuff, but still keeping that like integrity of you know, what the space originally was used for and stuff like that, except for those hideous 90s kitchens. Like, <laughs> if you have a 90s kitchen, please call my husband at Hannah Kitchen Go right now. Hey, I heard about that. You have a, is it a kitchen cabinetry company or what? Tell me about that. Yeah, what are you doing? So it's kind of a newer thing through managing a bunch of renovations um, with the last company that I worked for. I really kind of liked the kitchen design side of it and the planning in, which is kind of more what my bachelor's degree was in, in design architecture direction. So I, I really liked the the 3D modeling and the planning of the kitchen. And I had worked with a few different cabinet people and, and kind of just felt like what they were what they were doing seemed like it'd be kind of fun. In a simple way, you're kind of in this sometimes messy renovation for like a very small, like little clean you know, here's the plan, and we ordered the cabinets, and we dropped the cabinets off, and sometimes you don't have to deal with all the craziness that goes along with the rest of the renovation. And so I reached out to a few companies and got worked out a deal with a manufacturer. Um, so, yeah, I'm designing kitchens, helping people design kitchens, working with mm. mostly rehabbers and contractors, a few retail people here and there. It's been a lot of fun. I really like the, the manufacturer that I'm working with. There's definitely some positives over a lot of the cabinets I've worked with and seen over the years. It's a lot of fun working with with rehabbers and being a rehabber because I kind of I feel like mm-hmm. I'm able to keep that keep the the reins in pretty good or go or go far if they want to go far or keep it pretty simple and you know and minimize moving of walls and keeping within a, within a structure if they need to. 
Now more than ever, it's important for you and your family to enjoy the spaces you're in most often. Count on the experts at Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery to help you make the most of home and create a space you'll love to live in together. Shop online or schedule a personalized consultation to discover stunning products from the comfort of your own home. We talked to a designer that we work with up in Utah about designing kitchens a couple of episodes ago. And one of the things that she talked about was approaching it from the standpoint of how that kitchen is going to be used. How do you approach designing a kitchen for somebody who maybe doesn't cook and uses it for entertaining primarily? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be, again, like the the stuff that you see all over the place of the island and all that kind of stuff, more the gathering part. And then I think if, especially if they're not cooking what do you want to not see or see? You know, like how much do you want to hide? We cook a lot actually, but we really wanted it to be really light and like low. So like we don't have any uppers. We have open shelves that are actually in front of a big window and there's, there's not even a cabinet on top of the fridge. There's nothing. It's just like a, it's a pretty much low island and back wall thing. But then we have storage elsewhere to kind of get rid of all the other stuff that you don't want out there. Like you said, it's kind of what, how you want to use it. And I think one of the questions that I ask a lot of people, maybe if it's a, a regular client that has like maybe an insurance claim or something where they're like, they weren't planning on doing this kitchen remodel, but now they're like, they're needing to do a kitchen remodel. It's like, okay, like we're standing here and we've talked about colors and things like that. But like, what do you like, find me something you hate about this kitchen. Like find me something you really <laughs> don't like because there's going to be those things if you've lived in a house for a little while. Yeah, I think we're also starting to see more of like the paneled refrigerators. So mm-hmm. they kind of blend in. Um, we're seeing larger pantries so you can put your crap away, you know, that kind of stuff. The bigger the bigger the island, the better. Uh, we, we've started to see two islands. I love that. Right. That's that's bougie. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love that? <laughs> um, so, yeah, those things. I mean, those are big things. I think the little little things that are like coming up more like almost everybody absolutely wants the trash can pull out and like the things mm-hmm. like that. Will you design a kitchen differently if somebody comes to you and says, I'm the world's best chef, just kind of undercover? Do you design? Oh, you're pointing over here to Corey. Yeah, he definitely does. It's got... Oh, I thought he was the undercover chef, but you're saying... (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, so do you you design differently then if somebody is is kind of like a... bigger stoves and stuff. Yeah, I mean, we can can talk about... Yeah, there's a lot of different options, which I'm sure you guys talk about with, you know, the custom build stuff. I really try to go with what they want and focus on how they're going to use it. I just met with people last week that they're big focus is they want to like sitting at the island no matter what even though it kind of feels backwards to me in the kitchen layout they want to be like looking out this big wall of windows on the back of the house Mm -hmm. but like the rest of the kitchen is going to be behind them and then the overhang is going to be like going that direction but it's the way they want to like sit like it's how they want to use their kitchen they want to sit at that island and look out these windows and so I mean I, I think I try to lend more to what they want or how they want to live in it. And it's interesting because we just, in our previous episode, were talking with um, an architect and another builder about the great room and the importance of the windows and the large doors and the seamless transition. And it goes right into the kitchen and the, and the way people want to want to live is they want to be able to look out and enjoy mm-hmm. the environment a little bit. Or the brick house right <laughs> next door. It's funny. <laughs> we, we had that conversation a lot because my, my renderings, I need to change this probably. My renderings, the background that are out, that's outside the house is always the 
this like mountain scene. I love that. And I mean, it's great, but it's just as people make comments about it all the time. Like, I wish that was my view or whatever. Like out these windows. Literally, like, our last episode, yeah. that is the exact same thing we were talking about: are <laughs> mountain views out the uh, the kitchen in the great room. What yeah. you guys do is so cool. Park City, Utah. It's wow, quite awesome. That's fun. And wow. here in St. Louis, some of these homes are super old, when, especially when you get into the South City area. And I can't help but think about how many formal rooms there were. You know, there was the front room and then there. So how do you guys accommodate kind of these modern designs when you're going through and re- renovating and, again, opening it up to um, have more people when these formal spaces aren't Ooh, really Yeah, like the thing. parlor. Yes. What do you do with a parlor? <laughs> um, well, we have not renovated a parlor yet but it is on my my uh, life to-do list um but people need those spaces they're just not called that now so people want an office so you know shove shove a desk in there and now the parlor is an office you know I think some of the more difficult things to do is how do we get that other space on the main level like a washer and dryer space where do you shove that where do you shove a half bath now um, so some of the old homes that we get to renovate, we have to be a little um, creative like that, adding washer dryer, adding a half bath, adding a full bath, maybe even adding like a master suite on the main level because that's what people are wanting now. How do you do that? I think it depends on kind of what your the project is too because I know uh, a lot of times with historic tax credits, they they get very into what you can do and can't do layout-wise. So a lot of times the tax credit renovations that I've been involved in, basically anything that was any layout that you have left, you can't really change. They get kind of progressively less worried about it as you get further back in the house. But some of those rooms, you'll see a lot of renovations in the city here that are full, full renovations, but they still are very broken up on the first floor because you're not allowed to change some things. We were lucky on our Airbnb doing that. Kind of one of the reasons where we fell into the historic thing was there wasn't a layout to keep. So we like we're one of the few historic tax credit renovations that is completely open and everything is whatever we wanted because there was no floor plan to save. You know what that reminds me of? I'm scared to ask. <laughs> what uh, melody? Rossi. Operation Finally Home. Oh, Pam's yeah. project down on the hill. Yeah, we haven't had a chance to talk about no, that we at haven't. all. So. Yeah, we're uh, can't go into it too deep now, but we're the really cool renovation project that came to us through Operation Finally Home. Well, they're uh, a nationwide organization who helps build homes and, and renovate homes for wounded veterans. And so oh. we built a, a mortgage free home in Wildwood three, four years ago for a veteran. That. And now we're embarking on what should be. A really cool renovation project. So we may be calling you guys for some help. <laughs> yeah. Is that all right, Corey? That's yeah, awesome. okay. for sure. <laughs> You're right, though. Pam's project. I mean, her house is you walk in and there's, there's studs. Open. Yeah. There's yeah. Studs. really cool brick <laughs> yeah. building that dates back to 1860 something. Yeah, there's a possibility um, that it could be the original sublet house um, yeah. from the oh, hill. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty, really cool. pretty amazing. That's house. pretty cool. We'll need some advice. <laughs> yeah. That is I like cool. This podcast is sponsored by Pella Windows and Doors. Pella is the industry leader in innovation and style. Windows have become a key element in home design, and Pella has the product and professionals to guide you to your perfect solution. Pella is cutting edge in energy efficiency, durability, and performance. If you're tired of looking through screens, check out the Pella Integrated Roll Screen that you won't see until you need it. 
Pella offers the broadest selection of premium products to meet any budget and any design inspiration. Allow Pella to show you what they can do to improve the style and comfort of your home. With Pella's limited lifetime warranty, you won't have to worry about windows and doors again. Call 314-714-0100 to make an appointment or visit our showroom in Chesterfield Valley. So if you guys were, and I'm sure you will one day, whenever you decide to design your dream home, what are the entertaining spaces that are the must-haves that you would include in that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> dream big, dream big, Amy. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So we probably won't have that dream house for 10 years or so. <laughs> so we'll have As a As she child. looks at Sutton. <laughs> I know. Thanks, kid. But um, so I have always wanted to finish lower level. I've lived in an old house forever. So finish lower level for sure. Shove kids down there, right? And it's very inexpensive to finish a basement compared to the, you know, the, the main floor and going up. So great mm -hmm. advice. Much cheaper <laughs> to finish the lower level. Um, yes, yeah. but when you go to sell it, you don't get as much out of it. But well, that's yeah. a conversation for another day. Um, <laughs> so I want that. I want big, tall ceilings. I okay. love when people look short in my houses. Um, <laughs> I want that open floor plan. I definitely want an eat-in kitchen and then like a dining room. Okay. I love that. And I want two TV spaces so I can watch what I want and he can watch what he wants. And so that... And when you have people over, you can have a couple of different things going on and too. And you can have those little like pods, you know, mm -hmm. at parties when you have like different types of people. I like that. People like pod off and talk about what they want to talk about. and But there's always a space where you can all get together. I love, I just love that. We talked about the hearth room in our last episode, sort of in a way that would allow you to kind of pot off, if you will, with, with a couple of different groups talking and yeah. watching TV and a couple of fireplaces and things yes, like that. Yes, but also I want, I want there to be an awesome kitchen. Like Corey said, we cook all the time, but I want there to be like another area of the kitchen that is for like, kind of like that wet bar situation, mm -hmm. but not elsewhere in the house. So there's an ice maker. There's you know a beverage fridge that's not tiny. We're not talking dorm fridge. We're talking full size bevy <laughs> fridge. Okay, and and you know an island and a shaker. Can't you just see me like shaking yeah. martinis? I, I can love it. <laughs> yes. So I we've been actually designing messy kitchens in quite a few mm -hmm. of our homes so that it accommodates entertaining in the kitchen a little bit better. So you can go tear that space up close the door and then have everybody yeah. sit around the island and it looks like, wow, she's the cleanest cook ever. I've been trying to work it in to, with, with one of, I haven't had a big enough space to pull it off, but the one of those where you like walk through, like it looks like a normal pantry cabinet, mm -hmm. but you walk through to like behind area with more of the, the messy kitchen stuff Ooh, probably. Fancy. I think mean, that'd be pretty fun. You see what he's, you know, has up his sleeve over there, Amy? Mm -hmm, he's mm -hmm. got a lot going on that you don't know about. <laughs> so the messy kitchen, you just shut the doors and, and what's back there? Just all of your, your mess. Yeah, it's like a large. It. It, it's like a large pantry, but you put a a sink in there, a dishwasher in there, and you really, you know, a lot of your meal prep takes place back there. And when the party starts, you shut the door, and everybody, like, you know, Melody gets compliments all the time about how clean her kitchen is. Like, like <laughs> I actually do. I know you do. Pantry. It's like we're bringing back like those butler pantries. Butler pantry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Some yes. people call them dirty kitchens and messy kitchens. And mm -hmm. oh, we have old houses here, so they're butler pantries. But <laughs> if you want to get really fancy, a scullery. A scullery. That's Ooh, right. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> I think we could tagline this season with bringing the indoors, outdoors. Um, so outdoor entertaining spaces are mm -hmm. huge. Mm -hmm. But when you're working with these small houses and doing renovations, especially, you know, on the smaller lots, how do you create that 
space. I mean, I would assume with an Airbnb, you're going to want to have some of those outdoor spaces. So how have you guys been approaching outdoor entertaining? We've done a few things that our Airbnb doesn't really have much of an outdoor thing because there's not a big backyard to do much in, in that house. But at our, at our personal house, we just did a big back deck with a cover. I mean, we really want like the metal roof covering, you know, like you can hear the rain, all that stuff, hang out in the back. And it um, has this, this big dining table. It has a big sectional, a big um, coffee table yeah. out there. We definitely entertain mostly out there and it's just straight through the door from our kitchen island. So it's really easy. We have these huge windows that look out onto it. But yeah, definitely buyers now are looking for that. So it sounds more like the kitchen opens up into the space. I know we we talk a lot about the great room opening up into that outdoor space. Yeah. So we have a grill out there. I feel like we see that a lot in in St. Louis is yeah, the kitchen I opening. I think it's the old house, the skinny old house thing where you end up with the kitchen at the back. So then, you know, whatever you have of the back door is kind of off the, the kitchen. The yeah. shotgun layout. Yeah. I mean, almost mm-hmm. a shotgun. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the, a lot of the city houses, even if the, even the bigger ones are kind of in that mindset of a little bit of progressing backwards. So what entertaining spaces have we not thought about that you guys are seeing uh, either through renovations or real estate. Um, I love the like the second floor living room. Oh, I love one. those uh, where you know kids can go or game room. It's something. It's just up. It's usually like kind of open air to the to the first level. I love those, but yeah. we're really only seeing those in the newer homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just had some friends do a giant one of those on top of there. They, you could call this a renovation, I guess, but they basically took a little tiny house in Brentwood and tripled the square footage, I guess. They went like back and up and wow. on top and they, they're not much of the old house is left, but basically the, they replaced the trusses on this, on this old house to give you like the room on top of the old house and they left it all pretty much open. So like that whole room that you come up the stairs and that whole room is basically like playroom desk kind of stuff. But it's basically on top of the entire old house they used to live in, which is kind of crazy. We actually just built a house out um, in West Eureka that had the entire second floor. There was a reading nook built in and even a study space that could be closed off between the bedrooms. And it was specifically for the kids and amazing organization system built into it as well (laughs) for all those toys. With Mm -hmm. the cabinet company, I just did one in somebody's basement recently where it kind of started out as a small little wet bar area. And then as we were there talking, they're like, well, we'd like to put like get the kids down here to do homework and all that kind of stuff. And we ended up going across, I mean, kind of in one line, there's like this wet bar, but like a beverage fridge and a couple cabinets that was kind of like their spot for that. And then a divider wall. And then there was this big desk area that was like a bunch of cabinets to hide all that stuff and a couple desk spots. And, uh, and it's all just this big built-in line in the basement. It's kind of that same, kind of that same thing of like where you can put all that stuff away mm-hmm. And you can still be down in the basement and not look all crazy. So as an elder millennial, um, (laughs) (laughs) I grew up and that's, you know, the basement really was where all of the entertaining happened. You know, the big family gatherings, you know, they'd sometimes shove all the kids down there. But, you know, there was always that formal living room that nobody got to sit in. And (laughs) then there's the formal dining room. And it seems like those spaces are just completely being taken over by actual functional I think the, Yeah, I think the functional now. part is the big, it seems like people are getting rid of that stuff that's not actually functional for whatever reason. And luckily wood paneling too. Oh, yes. <laughs> shag carpet. Hey, Corey, you yeah. and I need to have a conversation about man caves. <laughs> yeah. Come on, let's take this in another direction. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing um, many man caves these days? You, I have to show you a bar that the contractor I work with a lot is finishing up right now that is kind of 
in that vein, we did like a very, very trimmed out bar, like wraparound bar with like the panels and a really dark, dark wood grain finish Oof, and like wonderful. glass cabinets on the back and it's really cool, but yeah. And a big TV, of course. Yeah, and big comfy, TV. Comfy couches um, and chairs. Yeah, and, I mean, I think I haven't gotten into one that was like a full on, like an entire basement as a man cave situation. <laughs> um, but I think it's Good. that functional thing. I mean, that, that basement that this is in, there's that with a the TV, there's a big... There's a theater room kind of area. There's a, there's a bunch of things to make this basement a man th- cave. A big every time I say that, cave. Amy kind of rolls up her nose <laughs> over there a little bit. I mean, again, it's like that functional and like, what, how do you want to like whether it's what you guys think was the best idea or whatever for the space that like. And that's it, what we try to encourage people again, whether they're renovating or or building new construction, you know, think big, dream big. Now, you might not be able to afford it all, but at least give the contractor an idea of what you're looking for and then let the creative juices flow. And chances are you can still accomplish what you want, even on a lower budget. You know, again, with what you all do with renovating homes, I think that you have to be extra creative when you're finding these entertaining spaces. For sure. And another fun thing I always like, if, if you're entertaining, you need to have some sort of entryway. Kind of welcome everybody. Welcome everybody, a place to put a coat, stuff like that. And Which, in these depending on the size of the old house is kind of hard to get sometimes. Exactly. Oh, so, coat rooms. I that is the biggest issue whenever we have people over is where do you put your coat? See, keep mm. me around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like like in our house that we have right now, you walk into the living room. But so to visually break up the space into more of an entryway and then more of like that's the living room, this is the entryway type situation. We did a big custom tile job like we have this like cute white hexagon tile with our address in it and it's huge and it, and it is definitely in front of you and then we put the beam not in the center of the room we put the beam scooted over so that it kind of makes a visual hallway and that is where you know you will welcome your guests and then over there is the living room. So that is something I always like to um, point out to people too, is to kind of create that space with things instead of walls. This sounds like just the perfect relationship. What is it? Why do you guys work so well together when you're renovating and designing? (laughs) Whoa. Not sure what this is going to be. Yeah, I'm going to pull out some popcorn and listen to this. I don't know. Uh, During a renovation, we become, I think, a good team, but... (laughs) There's definitely a, we are not doing that, Corey. What are you thinking? And you're you're the one that's like, this is what we have to do. So if there's a disagreement, who usually wins? It depends. And, and it's not it's not Corey against Amy. It's design versus budget. Okay. Well, I, I can so. I can truly understand that. <laughs> I think so a, it's, if so I will win on the design or, or side. Or Amy wants to paint everything black. And I'm like, that's eh, maybe a little bit much. Maybe we tame it down to like. Uh, maybe Corey <laughs> needs to, you know. <laughs> Girl pair. But um, <laughs> we, I will usually win, I think, on the design side if I can fit it within the budget. So I'll be able to have the backsplash go all the way up to the 11-foot ceiling oh. if I do it with a cheaper tile. I will be able to have, you know, a kitchen island that's as big as a queen-size bed if we do it with a quartz rather than some sexy marble. I think we need to record this and play this for every custom home client that we have. (laughs) It's not a bad idea, to be honest with you. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Well, and you get to those points on something like structurally and things like that, where it's kind of like, I mean, this is what it is. Like we're going to have a beam hanging down. The old house joists are two by eights and we can't get 
an eight inch beam that's big enough. So like, it's going to be sticking down. You're going to well, see it. If if I'm going to see it, you're going to stick it where I want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, we're getting an inside look at these two. <laughs> so, um, and before we go, I want to kind of throw it back to, you were talking about the way that the Airbnb is decorated mm-hmm. is what makes it feel like an entertaining space. And I guess mm-hmm. I didn't know what that meant. And so that really piqued my curiosity. So, th- Oh, sure, sure. We have one big open floor plan and we stick with one color scheme throughout the whole thing. So it seems very cohesive. In this particular home that we're talking about, uh, we have a huge brick wall and that brick wall goes from the kitchen, dining room, most, living room. Yeah, so the most of the exterior walls are exposed brick. And if you keep everything kind of lower, I I mean lower, like we don't have a ton of upper cabinets there. Um, You know, it's an Airbnb. You don't need a ton of storage in the kitchen. Everything seems to kind of flow better through the dining room right into the living room. And you don't have these rooms. You have these, you know, just spaces. So really at any point in time, we could go in there and take the dining room table, put it where the TV is and mm-hmm. switch those two around and it would be the same kind of space. Well, and like you said, all the bedroom, there's hard, like not hardly any walls on that floor. So, I mean, all the rooms and stuff are upstairs, So, which is not that weird of a layout thing, but it is kind of with the Airbnb where most people are like not really going upstairs other than going to sleep. Bill Van Sickle in the last um, mm-hmm. episode was talking about how there's kind of the psychology of moving through a space. You start small and then you kind of go big. And um, it seems to be, I'd never heard it until that last episode, mm-hmm. but I think that that's kind of what you guys are hitting on when oh. you're talking about inviting people into a space and pulling psychology. them through. Look at us. Yeah. We're so cool. <laughs> um, I think as far yeah. as decoration wise, not that it's specific to the Airbnb, I think on that one at least, because it was so crazy looking before. So we met a friend that does photography and was into kind of like spooky, crazy things like that. And so we send him to the crazier ones. We see if he wants to go take pictures and try effects and whatever. So he took these really, really cool pictures of that house before we started. But we printed out these canvases around and they're pretty big on the walls. And like, if you look at it for a second, you can figure out that like, that's that window. And like, that's that window. What a great Um, idea. But you can see these really crazy looking it's this great, crazy, crazy looking scene with like leaves and the, there's no windows in the openings and all that kind of stuff. But So um, it sounds so yeah. almost like intentional artwork. It's not just, you know, you went to Home Goods and threw a bunch of stuff on the wall. Yeah. It's like every, and, there's a story behind each piece of art that's on the wall. people compliment it. I mean, people mention mm-hmm. it in the re- reviews on Airbnb and stuff. They're like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. we Melody, figured out. Melody, do you realize how much work you have ahead of you gathering photos and posting photos on our show notes from this conversation. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, you know, before we um, we started talking, I was going through Instagram because I wanted to just find one and I got Stop lost. Her. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I say that about her all the time. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, she stalks our competitors. <laughs> they, you guys were introducing each other and I'm just lost in your Instagram feed, you know, these beautiful before and after photos and, um, and all of that. So that's something that we're definitely going to have to link up. With the um, obviously the early success you've had, and obviously a lot of cool projects, where do you guys go next? And do you have an end game at all, or you just kind of let it play out? I see a few end games for us. Um, last year, if you want to talk to us, we wanted to be retired by forty. Um, you have just a few years left. Like we you just better have hurry. A few, a few years left, but <laughs> yeah. then this little one came along, and that kind of ruins our <laughs> savings plans. But um, 
Corey's always wanted to build a house. Mm -hmm. So building, I think, is something we want to get into. Uh, yeah, we want to do... The new construction know. thing. As far as like that world, the new construction mm -hmm. thing is something that I really so want. So sexy. I know yeah. somebody. Yeah. 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 Let's stay yeah. in touch. Pick that person's brain <laughs> a little bit. I was going to say, when are you guys going to get into the luxury market and yeah. how long do oh, I need we'll to be stop done by then. <laughs> 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 um, Hannah Kitchen Co. has already grown almost too big for just you to handle. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, there's some, yeah, organizational things to figure out with that. But um, yeah, I'd like to get that, keep that going and kind of get it where it's not as labor intensive on my end. But yeah, I mean, I think we, I think we more and more want to do like the Airbnb and whatever passive things. I mean, I think we'd like to be able to travel some more. I mean, we went to, we spent six weeks in Mexico last oh. year. So mm -hmm. um, hopefully we can get back to doing that once she's a little bit older. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we'd like to like set things up in a way that we can do that or you know, whatever our businesses are, however they are, that we can step somewhat away or keep them going for that month or so occasionally from somewhere else. So will it be more Airbnbs then? I, that's kind of how you guys came on my radar. I, lo yeah. I love the Airbnbs, honestly, because you can go super funky. And you can take, again, like our, like you can get something, a weird space. Like, I mean, that's kind of where we start talking. We get excited thinking about like really weird, funky, like, you know, repair shop, like auto repair shop or something, if it's in the right spot, but like do it as, you know, make it work as an Airbnb. Yeah, or... I think we're a little too funky for mainstream. <laughs> so whenever we have to like rehab it and, and sell it and put it on the market, you know, we're doing a lot of gray, we're doing a lot of white kitchens, we're doing a lot of trendy, but like kind of bland. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we want to like do a green kitchen with black walls and, you know, cement floors and we want to do funky and that just kind of in St. Louis falls into the Airbnb space. Originally we were thinking we thought of Airbnbs or VRBOs as like big houses that sleep groups because you're not you know so you're comparing against three or four hotel rooms versus one but I think we, the more we talked about it, the more we thought about it and the more we traveled we were like well we always stay in studios or like you know little one bedroom things or whatever so I mean that's another thing that we kind of want to go after either converting or just small properties that don't really work for regular um you know not a ton of people are wanting to buy a 700 square foot 600 square foot house right now but if you made that into like a studio or one bedroom airbnb that would be perfect so I mean I think those kind of directions are our Where travel like habits in the last year with the pandemic have changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. um, and so we only get VRBOs or Airbnbs. And so we want to be able to cook and do all of those things. And so it's really, it's interesting to me what you guys do. And I know we have some Park City clients that potentially, even some in St. Louis, in uh, Augusta, mm -hmm. looking to create some yeah. Airbnbs within their custom homes and designing um, mm -hmm. outbuildings and things like that, because it does seem to be a shift in the way people travel now. It, it, it's, it's definitely a shift, not a trend. A, you know, trends come and go, but I think this mm -hmm. is a shift that's here to stay. I agree. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like a little bit, little income producing kind of thing. I mean, maybe, you know, like little investment almost, mm -hmm. or you can convince yourself mm -hmm. that it's kind of an investment to add it onto your, you know, your big custom or home. Or aging parents. Yeah. You know, aging yes. parents can yes. stay in your back apartment over your garage or whatever. Yeah, that's so. another thing we've talked about with having both out-of-town family that Mm -hmm. I yeah. am so happy you found Amy and Corey. She came into the <laughs> office a week ago and was so proud of herself, and now I know why. <laughs> this has been fun. It's been a great conversation. Yes, I've learned a so lot. I know. And I've met some great. new friends. Yes. And you guys know that if you ever need uh, some information or advice on new construction, seriously, just call us. We're, we're more than happy to help. That's and awesome. of course we, we have to plug season the... three. 
Oh, season three. <laughs> yes, because we take you through the construction process from start to finish. And so there are <laughs> there are tons of episodes out there just waiting for anyone who's interested in the new construction space. But I will say yeah. this was a fun conversation. I think so, too. We need so to do too. it again sometime. I think so, too. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yes, thanks for having us. This yeah, was, this was a, lot. a lot of fun. And sorry still if you hear Sutton snoring Oh, I, no, <laughs> Sutton was a, was, was a welcome addition. <laughs> It was really great talking to Amy and Corey and a lot of great information about rehabbing spaces and rejuvenating. And, you know, I I think especially coming into the holiday season, talking about creating spaces that are meant for people to gather in. Absolutely, because we have a lot of our listeners as well. They're not all building new homes. A lot of them are thinking about renovating or or doing additions to their current spaces. And you're right. It seems like every time around the holidays is when more and more people start thinking about, uh, this isn't working for our family. We need to start thinking about doing something a little bit different. And, and a reminder, last season, season number three of The Art of Custom, we really focused on the behind-the-walls, if you will, process of building a home or an addition renovation project. So we invite our listeners to go back and listen to season number three if you want some more of the sticks and bricks conversation for how they would go about doing that. And if you're enamored with the technical details, why don't you leave us a review too? That's good. Rate and review. We can certainly use that, right? Yes. Help us grow. Next week, this is very interesting conversation, especially with the pandemic now, you know, continuing on for, you know, not quite two years, but more and more people are working from home. More and more people are looking for flex spaces. So that's what we're going to be focusing on um, on our next episode. And it's not just home offices. I mean, kids are also doing school from home. So Mm -hmm. I have some really cool information about that as well. And we look forward to having everyone join us on our next episode of The Art of Custom. For more information, visit www.artofcustompodcast.com or find us on Facebook as The Art of Custom and on Twitter at Art of Custom Pod. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest episodes and please rate and review to help us grow. The Art of Custom is produced by Hug Monster Sound with original music by Adam Frick-Ferdine. Thanks for listening.